0: far and has gone to win the
1: game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds podcast on WFUV Sports.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Nosebleeds podcast. We are recording on April 19th, another day in which the New York Yankees have the worst record in the American League. Alongside Dylan Balsamo, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Glad you could be with us here today. Dylan, we were talking before the show about this, and you brought up a really interesting point about how it's always easier to talk about good teams than bad teams. We'll get into the bets later. They're a good team. But (laughs) right now, the New York Yankees, Five and 10, last place in the American League East. Uh, I did not have that one on the bingo card coming into the season for mid April. They just got swept by the Rays uh, in a series that was somewhat embarrassing for everyone involved, particularly, I would say, the fans. But nonetheless, the Yankees are five and 10. They can't hit, they're having some issues with their rotation. Dylan, is there time to panic? for the Yankees right now. I know it's early in the season, but I may as well ask because it seems like Yankee fans at this point have started mashing the panic button, even though it's only, what is it? April 19th, April 19th. And we're already in panic city.
1: Well, they have started mashing the panic button. And to be honest, I really cannot blame them at all. Uh, Cause what's the crazy thing about it is that like uh, through odd scheduling occurrences, I've ended up on the last like three or four episodes of this podcast and every time we seem to be having a conversation of um, it, this is the Yankees league. Not only is this the Yankees division to win, this is the Yankees league to win. To see them in last place in the American league in about two and a half weeks into the season as we are right now is, is incredibly disheartening. Uh, is, is, it, it's, it's, the, it's the exact opposite of what was supposed to happen to this point. And to be honest, I think most teams, specifically a baseball fan bases, Uh, don't panic early enough when honestly the team should um, because 162 games goes by a lot faster than we all think it does. Uh, And and you and I know that well, but um, I can't blame the Yankees. I can't blame fans for wanting to hit the panic button. And I hope the Yankees feel the same way.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense. And and I think, you know, people talk about Aaron Boone, right. And, and, you watch these post game press conferences and it's all, oh, we have to be better. We have to do this. We have to do that. Well, at some point, start doing it. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but like, this is getting absurd with the Yankees. And and we talked about their record against the Rays, have been terrible against the race, but really, it's they're not hitting. Like, th- th- that's the biggest thing. They're not hitting. They're not scoring runs. They're not coming through with runners in scoring position. I mean, I feel like we're talking about the Mets here. Like, this is, like, like how many times have we had that conversation with the Mets? Well, they could just score some runs. And I feel the same way about the Yankees. And I I also think there there are certain things that they did. And, again, I'm of the opinion that the Yankees are going to figure this out. They're going to be yeah, okay, whatever okay means. But, you know, you went out in the offseason. You blew $11 million on Corey Kluber. Jamison Tyone's your number two star. I mean, nothing against him, but you know, is he a number two type? I like him. I thought it was a good pickup, but for what they're asking him to do, I don't know. And then, you know, you've got you've got a bullpen that's been good at times, but it's kind of patchwork right now. And you've got a, a lineup that you've sunk a lot of money into that, again, just not hitting and and, and perhaps more alarmingly is healthy. You know, this is not, we're, we're not talking about, you know, random people all over the diamond. Like, yeah, Luke Voigt is out, but for the most part, this is a pretty healthy Yankee team. And it, it's it's a little concerning to me from that point of view. Do I think they're going to be fine? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. They will be in first place by the end of the season. I really believe that. But I also think that there needs to be some self-reflecting that goes on where the Yankees look at what they did in the offseason and go, is this enough? And it might be enough to win the American league at the end of the day. But I mean, there's at least two teams in the national league that I know I'd take over the Yankees and they just played in California this weekend. There might even be more that are better than the Yankees over in the national league. Cause the national league stacked. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. I don't root for this team and I'm frustrated. <laughs> like, I hope, I hope yeah. people understand that. So it's, it's, it's hard to watch.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I can think of I can definitely think of a third team in the National League. I take I take an end of the season Atlanta Braves team over the Yankees as well. Um, but also, the, the thing about you bring up Tyone, and yeah, I agree, he's a good pickup for a, a, a he's a good addition to a what's supposed to be a good team. But that doesn't mean he's a number two starter. He was an addition to a rotation that needed a fourth or fifth pitcher. Uh, to be honest, I think Yankee fans at the beginning of the season there was talk about is there going to need to be another piece by the end of July the beginning of August. And the, the consensus, at least before the season started, was, no, th- why would you give up anything when this is such a talented team? But, you know, I think that's, I think it's a little, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a little arrogant, to be honest with you, because that rotation needs one, maybe two more guys to really be as stacked as they want to be. But but here's the thing about the Yankees, and, and you alluded to this a little bit. All due respect to the Mets teams of the last 10 years or so, but when we would talk about their struggles we could at least say this is not the end point yet this is not the. this is not supposed to be the climax of their success they're not hitting with runners in scoring position the bullpen's struggling The starting rotation struggling third base is an issue but these were all things that we know were eventually going to be solved we, you know you wait for guys coming up for the minors you wait to have the kind of money but the yankees have all of those pieces going right now and it's not working so when aaron boone says yeah we just got to do that okay, what's your plan to make that happen, guy? W- w- what are you doing? So it's, it, it, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, and and I, I agree with you that they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to win the American League East. Um, the Rays are going to give them trouble. The, the Rays have given the Yankees trouble for like five, six, seven years now, uh, just on the regular. But they're going to they're gonna win the East. They're going to be just fine. But if, if they don't figure out why they're struggling right now, I can see this being a problem farther down along the line if you get what i'm saying 100 and i'll
0: also say this just to finish on the yankees i don't know if you saw any of the the yankees Rays game yesterday i kind of had to I, I had work and you know they make me watch the yankees and, <laughs> and their defense is terrible they 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 had a misplay in center field they they had a sack fly and this is like this is not you know, super complicated. This is like, you know, seventh, eighth grade, like, you know, Babe Ruth league baseball stuff where it it was first and third. I think it was like the fourth inning and and Clint Frazier got a deep fly ball. And so the guy on third tag scored and Frazier threw it just to nowhere. It it was like kind of near second base, but it was, it was also sort of near the pitcher's mound. So the, so the guy on first took second because I don't know where that throw is going. I mean, it's that to me goes back to coaching and managing. And, and look, like it's basic stuff that they're getting wrong. Like the defense is horrible. They're just playing a really, really hard to watch brand of baseball right now. Like, I think people look at the record and they think, "Ooh, that's bad." But if you watch this team play, they play. They're, they're they've been awful. Like this is this is not. I mean, it's not like oh well, if you catch a break here and there, you could be a little bit better off. They have been terrible, and they were really terrible this weekend. And I couldn't believe when I was watching this how bad it was. So I, I like I don't know what's gonna happen with Aaron Boone. I think that's also another conversation. Yeah. I, I don't think they're gonna move on from Aaron Boone or anything. But yeah, it's they're hard to watch. Like it's not. Oh well, it's five and ten, but the games were close, and you know they, they they hit the ball hard, but it didn't work out for them. Like no, this is a legitimate five and ten. Like they have been really bad. This is not. This is not a
1: joke. Yeah, I would argue they might have been playing worse than five and ten at this point. Uh, the the five wins have just been a, a couple of them gratuitous, if you will. But but here's the thing about getting the rudimentary things wrong when you have a roster that has the talent of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and and. Cole, and you name it. Um, you know, you can be a, as great of a singer as you want. If you don't know the song, how do you expect to sing the song? You, you know what I mean? So, I know exactly what you mean. Believe me. You you can have, <laughs> believe me, I don't know any song, but if, if you can, you can have all the talent you want, but if, if those are the things you're getting wrong, you're never going to win. You're never going to win 80 games, let alone a team that's supposed to win like 100 games.
0: Yeah, it's... Confounding to say the least. I mean, at some point they will out hit their defense, but that didn't happen this weekend. So anyways, uh, let's move on. I want to talk about a good team. So let's talk about the New York. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seven and four, first place in the National League East. They just won two out of three in Colorado. Uh, a really, really good looking weekend for them. They came back. Uh, they played a doubleheader on Saturday because, of course, they did. That's the way the early season has gone. <laughs> they won the first game. Francisco Lindor got a game winning hit uh, game on Sunday. They, they win on a caught stealing to end the game. First Mets game to end that way since 2009, uh, perhaps more unfathomable that a Mets catcher made the throw down to second base to end it. Incredible. But nonetheless, I, I think the story for the Mets here, Dylan's been the pitching, Jacob deGrom, sub one ERA, Marcus Stroman, Sub-1 ERA, Stroman was awesome on Sunday, eight innings and one run ball. And this is a team that, keep in mind, Carlos Carrasco, no Cindergard, not in this rotation right now, should be back later in the season. On the one hand, it isn't sustainable, but Dylan, Mets have reinforcements coming, and I think they ought to feel really good about the way their pitching has looked so far. Even though it's only 11 games into the season, I think you can't
1: ask for much more than what you've gotten out of the Mets rotation so far. You know, it's, it's one thing to be good. Uh, it's, it's one thing to have good uh, production from your starters, whether it be DeGrom just, just being himself, quite frankly, and Marcus Stroman really hitting a stride. And, uh, and you know, you got guys like David Peterson throwing wonderful starts just kind of out of nowhere, quite frankly. Um, it, it's, it's great to have that. But to have that with the kind of cushion that the Mets seem to feel to have, the, the insurance of, of Carrasco and Syndergaard somewhere down the line, uh is is incredibly is is it gives you a sense of an enthusiasm more than anything. But it's it's just it's a good thing to feel. But like the thing about the Mets, especially right now, is uh you know, we've talked about their pitching for uh for a very long time. We talked about their pitching since you and I were in middle school, quite frankly, James. But um the, the thing about pitching for the Mets over a certain period of time has been you, know, you can have you can have five starters who the whole league fears, but uh, you do need that hitting. And when the pitching relies too much on just themselves and doesn't get the run support, the staff falls apart as we've seen happen with the Mets to the fact that that crazy five, we have one and a half of them. We see one and a half of them right now in Queens. So that's uh, it's something you got to remember. But the fact that the Mets are also hitting right now and look to have a roster that can hit throughout a 162 game season uh they might have just hit that magic point
0: they may and, and and also i think we need to consider i mean brandon nimmo's off to a great start this year i think he's reached base in 24 straight or something consecutive games i feel like they could do better like francisco Lindor not off to a great start michael conforto starting to come around you know dom smith and pete alonso have both been decent but I, I think I think the lineup has more to give. I, I don't Certainly. know about you, but I, yeah. think, I think there's, you know, the, uh, Francisco Lindor was talking the other night after the doubleheader about how, you know, the offense really hasn't started clicking, and yet you look at the record and it's the, they're 7-4 and because they haven't given up a lot of runs. So I think you feel really good about that if you're the Mets, quite yeah. frankly. And, you know, you, you have a bullpen right now that, frankly, is a bit of an adventure because yeah. Seth Lugo isn't out there. And yeah, you know, they they, they had, you saw the second game on Saturday, right? Okay. This oh, was yeah. like all time punt managing by Luis Rojas. He's going to, you know, Robert Gesellman and Jacob Barnes in one run game. So that, that was throwing the game basically. I don't care what anybody says, no, I but you. nonetheless, nonetheless, I mean, you're sitting here. If you're a Mets fan you're waking up this morning. You're first in the NL East. By the way, they they've had like half their games postponed. That's also yeah. a big part of it. Also, you know they are going to Chicago. There's snow in the forecast on Tuesday night, because of course there is. And yeah. they'll eventually, eventually, the weather will even out. I hope. People are. It's funny. People are talking about all these double headers that they have to play in June. They're gonna have the pitching for it. That's the the good thing about it. Is you know, there's a chance that both uh Carrasco and Syndergaard could be back by that time and I think you feel fine about it if you're if you're the Mets and you know it, Yankee fans have been irrational this season but Mets fans were rational too like the Yankee fans do not have a monopoly on ridiculousness
1: no. here
0: and, and I, I remember people were calling for Luis Rojas's head after five games yes. five games and now it's not those people are quiet right now now that the Mets have won Five out of six, and I just think that's funny. Um, but I, I don't know why that could be. How does that happen? I don't know. But nonetheless, I, I think I feel really good about things right now.
1: A hundred percent. And I think it's worth noting. You know, you talked about the double headers they're going to have to play, and the fact that they've only played half of their scheduled games at this point. Um, to to find success um, uh, over over a certain amount of games in baseball seems to be incredibly difficult when you're not playing every day. When you've only played. Every when the most you've played is two days in a row, three games in two days or whatever. Um, it's, it's difficult to find a stride. But the Mets seem to have the momentum, at least at this point, very early in their season. Again, not just 11 games they've played um, where they can go a day without playing and they don't lose the momentum that they had, which is is odd. It's incredibly strange, uh, but it's it's a big part of this. And you're absolutely right that. Um, well, for one thing, I'll just make leave quickly make a note of this uh there's a lot of people who don't like the seven-inning doubleheaders. personally I'm a fan of them uh I kind of like them uh but also 14 innings if there's any staff in baseball that has enough pitching to do 14 innings in a day like it's nothing it's the New York Mets you know if you got to bring in a starter that is like halfway through his point in the rotation for two innings in the middle of game two you can do that that's absolutely fine and it's not going to do much damage uh, so that, that, that's an important tool for the Mets here as the season goes on, uh, that's going to work to their advantage. I think.
0: I just want to read you what I thought was an absolutely terrible tweet last night. Um, I was watching,
1: it's not one of mine, is it?
0: I thought about it, but no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I was watching, uh, the Sunday night game, the Braves were playing the Cubs. Ronald Acuna got hurt. Uh, they're re-examining him today. He might be out for a while. Who knows? Yeah. Um, this is from, uh, Matt Ehalt, who used to cover the Mets. And he said this, and I have nothing personal against Natty Halt. I'm just reading his tweet. And he said this, and you'll, you'll, you'll see the problem as soon as I read this tweet. So he's talking about the Acuna injury. He says, what a rough blow for the Braves. It may just be one of those years for Atlanta. Mets look like a machine right now and may just run away with the division. I've learned in my life <laughs> to never, ever say that the New York Mets are going to run away with the division. Never. You never say that, especially after 11 games. Like how many good starts have the Mets gotten off to where you're like, Oh, this is the year. And then it goes down the tubes. So no, I don't think the Mets are going to run away with the division. They
1: might not even no. win it.
0: No, but you can't say, you can't say that. Come on. You just can't.
1: Yeah. Well, the Mets notoriously get off to good starts. I think they might have the best opening day record in baseball. They do. Is that true? Yeah. They do. Yeah. And you know, that translates into something and we where- and uh, quite a bit in our lifetimes, they've looked very good. Really, up they can look good up until June. Like remember, twenty twelve, they looked good up until June, yeah, and then July it just, even that year. July, yeah, and then like like right until the All Star break, and then it just kind of like fell apart. Um, but you know, more than anything, uh, this is a really good National League East, specifically the Atlanta Braves. They're going to be a good team, um, and and you know what, they're even a good team without Miku yet So that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, to, and, and, we haven't, and I haven't even mentioned the fact that we're just 11 games into the season. You know, it's, it, uh, it, it'd be like taking a test, a 50-question test, you're two questions in, feel good about the first two, and you go, I'm acing these tests. I shouldn't even have to take the rest of it. <laughs> and then handing it in going like, I'm done. I got an A. You can answer two questions. But um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big, 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 big jump. Yeah, stop the count. Um, <laughs> sitting, there,
0: sitting there at 7-4, uh, first place in the um, National League East. I almost said American League East for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I, I want to touch on quickly here before we wrap up. Uh, this Dodgers-Padres series, I don't know if you got to catch any of it. Oh, uh, I get I to
1: watch up. a little bit, yeah.
0: I stayed up late on Friday night, and uh, I didn't watch extras. Uh, Jake Runenworth wound up on the mound somehow. But <laughs> Dodgers take two out of three. Mookie Betts makes the unbelievable catch to end the game on Saturday night. Padres win on Sunday. This is these two teams, thankfully, are going to be playing 16 more times this year. It's going to be fantastic. I loved this, Dylan. I think the Dodgers are probably a tick better right now than the Padres. I picked the Padres preseason because, well, everybody's picking the Dodgers. So I, I took Sandy. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could tell you there was more science behind it. There's not. No. Um, but I, I took the Padres preseason. I still like their pitching. I, I still think they could compete for it. Um, but this was, Dylan, this was such a fun series. I, I loved watching it. Loved the the crowd in San Diego. I just I just thought this
1: series was absolutely awesome. It was so good. And I'll actually amend what you said. They're going to play another 16 to 23 more times this season. you know what True. I mean. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this felt like a playoff series from start to finish. Uh, and I, I hope... I hope it's the preview of a playoff series. But, you know, I really like the Padres too. I'd love to see the Padres win the National League. And I will say there's something about – there's – and I wish I had statistics to give you this also, but there's something about the magic of a team. Uh, and the fact that, you know, this was the year the Padres get their first no-hitter. And they just so happen to be the best they've been in a very, very, very long time. Uh, is just – it's it's incredibly exciting. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, you know, Manny Machado is an interesting guy, but I love watching him play baseball. Um, it's it's just such an exciting team to watch. And, you know, that's going to be a very fun summer in California in the National League. I cannot wait to see those two teams compete and have the Giants have to watch them.
0: <laughs> and it was it was funny, too, because you had the, the the game I was watching on Friday night. Yeah, by the way, the crowd was super loud. It was like 10,000 people there. Oh, yeah but it felt like a full house it was unbelievable mm-hmm. fernando tattoos junior came back from injury he hits this home run and it was like you could just feel the mediocrity with the padres just wearing away oh, in that yeah. moment you know what i mean like I you know we're, we're talking about a team that lost two out of 3 this weekend but nonetheless nonetheless mm-hmm. like they can throw whoever they want at you right they threw darvish on saturday they throw blake snell on sunday he pitches great it, you know they they have the options, but I just enjoyed watching it because this, this felt like, even though they lost, this felt like sort of a return to relevancy for the Padres. I know they made the playoffs last year, but let's be real, it was a Mickey Mouse season. And yeah. you have this year, which feels a little bit less Mickey Mousey, and you you get in this situation, you're saying, okay, you know, they could compete over 162. This is really fun. And by the way, the Dodgers are one of the best teams ever, possibly. I mean, oh yeah ton of talent and they just signed this young award winner in trevor bauer um they they are incredible depth incredible talent one of the most talented teams ever could wind up being one of the best teams ever and yet they've got to deal with this team in their division and i think the thing that probably just stinks about it the most is that one of them is not going to make the nlcs like uh, just because of the way that the you know baseball playoff system works where you know well i mean they. They could. I, I should have mentioned. I'm, I'm assuming one of them is going to have the best record in the National League. I, I think that's probably a safe assumption at this mm-hmm. point. But yeah, that's it's cool. It was just I. You don't. You. I don't usually sit there and watch a baseball series and just geek out and say, "Wow, that was awesome." Yeah. But I was I was sitting there doing that this weekend because there was so much awesome. And by the way, Mookie Betts, one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. Oh my
1: goodness! Given
0: the circumstances on Saturday night. Oh, just <laughs> so much great stuff.
1: This series, so yeah. much. It was, it was so good. And it's, it's also just, uh, it's, Mookie Betts is just one of the most exciting players that we've seen uh, in, in our short lifetimes, I would say, James. But, uh, but yeah, the thing about, uh, it's interesting what you said about uh, the sense of um, mediocrity wearing away. That's a very fun thing to watch happen to a team when all of a sudden just one thing clicks and all of a sudden you can compete in a game with a team like the Dodgers, you know. We 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 saw that with the Mets a couple of years ago. Like it 2015 was 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 an exciting year just because it was like, whoa, all of a sudden they're competing for <laughs> they're competing for the East. Uh, um, I would argue uh the Orioles and like 2012-ish were like that. Uh it's it's very fun to watch a team that was not good for a very long time all of a sudden compete. There's just a whole other element of excitement that is uh is incredibly jarring quite frankly and you know (laughs) you feel bad for the Dodgers that they're like you mentioned perhaps one of the best teams ever assembled and they have this this uh this annoying team in their division they're going to have to deal with and they're going to have to deal with them a lot because they're close by and the fans are not that far away and you have to play them 16 more times this year uh so it's just incredibly exciting and I can't wait to see I I think every series the two of them play this year is going to be must watch television
0: yeah, and this one certainly was. Now, you say these two teams are close by. They're really not that close by in you know, traffic terms. Yeah. It, it still takes you like hours and hours to get from L.A. to San Diego. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, I want to I finish on, on Mookie Betts here. I, I saw a tweet over the weekend that I thought was very interesting. And I think we lose something when we constantly compare this guy to Mike Trapp. Now, Mike Trapp's yeah. a generational player. May, might wind up being the best hitter ever. Mookie Betts, incredible in his own right. Uh, you know, the defense, the, the hitting, everything he does so good. I, I think very clearly a top two player in baseball. And I think we sit here and we say, oh, is he better than this, is he better than that? Like, I, I don't love that because I think we're, we're missing the point of just enjoying what he's able to do. Like, like he makes one of the all time big time catches on Saturday night. Granted, a game in April, but nonetheless, given the circumstances, that play, unbelievable. How many great defensive plays did he make in the NLCS and the World Series last year to help the Dodgers? Yeah. You know, they, they might not win this series to, against the Braves without some of the plays he made. So I think you have to give that credit where it's due. And I also think that we're, we're sitting here, we're having just mind numbing conversations with him and Mike Trout. And, and for me, I just sit there and I say, you know what? These two guys are so great in their own right. Let's just sit here and make sure we're enjoying this properly without, you know, having to, having to do the constant, you know, LeBron, Jordan, you know, who's better. Like that conversation is ridiculous, but the, it's just an example of what we're dealing with here. But I, I cannot say enough about Wookiee Bats. Like this guy is unbelievable franchise altering player. And we're seeing that. Here with the Dodgers, where he is just completely, completely changed for the better what they're um, sitting here doing. And and they're, you know, try the favorites of the World Series again, because they got him. But I will also say this. That catch he made Saturday night. Payroll flexibility made a lot of great plays for the Red Sox this weekend. So I think we need to be fair.
1: I just think we need to be fair. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's always, you got to balance what the player to be named later and cash considerations will do for a team in response for a great player. But here's the thing about, about uh, Mookie Betts is uh, not only should we be taking the time to enjoy what both he and Mike Trout are able to do here in this incredible time to be watching baseball and to be a baseball fan, but also the two of them, I would argue, kind of have, just have different ways of playing the game that we should be comparing the two I know people say apples and oranges all the time but it'd be like be like if you heard Miles Davis play and you go he's no Jimi Hendrix and you'd be like why do you care about (laughs) what Jimi Hendrix is doing that has nothing to do with this it's similar but they're doing completely different things um so that's that's how I like to think of it it was like you know no two people play baseball the same way otherwise they'd be the same player and only one of them would be in the major leagues because you only need one of them so it, you know i think that's worth saying about movie bets is we need to be enjoying him as much as we are enjoying mike trout because not only are the two of them existing which is great but they're existing at the same time and that's awesome
0: i like that Jimi hendrix but he's no madonna let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> i am just about wrap it up for nosebleeds i think on that note it's appropriate that we get out of here uh dylan great being with you as always our producer Yuliana burke uh, keeping us rolling here uh, thank you to all of you for listening. We will see you next week. And we might be having a little different conversation about the Betsy and Yankees. We usually are. Who knows? We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.